Welcome to Working On It, NTU Employability's podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Working On It. I'm Seth Jennings, an employability advisor here at NTU, and co-hosting with me today is the amazing Uzma Khan. How are you today, Uzma? Hi everyone, I'm Uzma and I'm the marketing assistant for employability and I'm also on my placement year. I'm actually really excited to be here for today's episode and ever so slightly nervous. Yeah, well, today is your first episode hosting, isn't it? It is. So I've listened to so many podcast episodes and I feel like I get the gist of this. I can do this. I'm not too nervous. And today we are joined by recent graduate and current participant of the Graduate Development Programme, Honor Riley. Hi, Honor. How are you? Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm really good. Thank you. And as you can imagine, we've got a ton of questions for you today. But first, before we go any further... I think it's time for the icebreaker challenge. Uzma, take it away. So this is the icebreaker challenge, something we do with all of our guests to see who can get through as many icebreakers as they can within 77 seconds. So Anna, okay, are you I'm ready? Yeah. Okay, so remember. The key thing here is to answer as many questions as you can, as quickly as you can. The time is on the clock and your time starts in three, two, one. Hot or cold custard? Hot. Can you whistle? No. What is the best and worst flavour of ice cream you've ever tasted? Best Toblerone, worst lemon. Would you rather walk a mile in your own shoes or someone else's? My own. How old is old? 80. Jam on toast, yay or nay? Yay. What do you think the Queen's Netflix password is? <laughs> Very random. Corgi. <laughs> you have a packet of Haribo's, star mix. Which one of the mix are you reaching out for first? Uh, the egg. Ooh, okay. Would you rather step barefoot on a Lego for the entire day or write your dissertation again? Write my dissertation again. I like mm. that. Ooh, okay. Favourite Teletubby? Teeny weeny is that one? I think so. Tinky winky. T- oh yeah. So I couldn't think of one. Tinky winky. Yeah. I actually okay. dressed up as. Oh, no, I'm wasting time. Go. <laughs> Can you breathe through both nostrils at the same time? Yes. What does it mean to be a vibraphonist? I have no idea. If you couldn't use a glass, what would you drink from? A bowl. I know a mug, obviously. And that's time off, I'm afraid. <laughs> so let's talk about a few of your answers. The Queen's Netflix password. You said Corgi. It just made me laugh because I was really worried of what I would say and I had no idea where it was going to go. <laughs> but I know she really likes Corgis. So. Yeah, I think maybe Corgi it's one, just two, Corgi. Corgi123 and like a capital C or yeah. something. I think that's how she would get hacked. That's too predictable. Yeah. <laughs> no, but is it is it too predictable? You would go, oh, it wouldn't be that because that is too obvious. Maybe that's the charm. No, no I think no. because it is the charm, I would try that and potentially get in. <laughs> Yeah, and a vibraphonist. What so does that mean? A vibraphonist is someone who plays the vibraphone, which leads to another question. What is a vibraphone? <laughs> <laughs> and you said you'd redo your dissertation. That's well, a shocker. I don't think anyone <laughs> would want to redo that. Um, well, standing on a piece of Lego for a whole day sounds awful. Um, so that's partly why. But I did enjoy my dissertation. I mean, obviously it was painful and you can't remember the pain mm. now. Um, but yeah, I did enjoy it. 
My undergrad one was um, how bisexuals experience identity and passing. So I just got to go and speak to like different people and then write about it. I just really enjoyed it. Okay. I think a lot of people did. Like I, I loved the, I loved the research part yeah. where you actually go about and actually get answers and find out the answers. That's the bit I liked. But the writing bit, I wasn't keen on the writing bit. <laughs> I know, but it's really satisfying after when you've put it all together, isn't it? It was, but then I, I got a very low grade on my dissertation, so that bit was not <laughs> satisfying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but look at me now. <laughs> right. If it's okay with you, Anna, let's get into asking some questions. You graduated from NTU in 2020 and then actually you graduated again in 2021 from your master's. So my first question is, did you enjoy your time at NTU? Yes, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, my undergrad was in psychology and yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, definitely found a love for psychology. So then carried on into a postgrad um, MSc in psychological research methods. Really enjoyed that as well. I've had like a lot of opportunities because of being at Trent, like volunteering and things like that. Um, I went to Fiji with international volunteering in 2018. I wouldn't have really been able to do that without NTU because um, I got like some help through the RISE Fund and things like that um, towards my costs. I think NTU is just great as far as like there's a lot of support, isn't there? Um, and there's really that community aspect as a student that I can see still now being a staff member. So, yeah definitely really enjoyed my time and to you that's great to hear so what did you do in Fiji so it was four weeks of volunteering um in like a rural village and we were teaching maths literacy and a sports curriculum um to like a local school so I was teaching like five-year-olds and stuff um which was really challenging <laughs> with like a language barrier but it was really fun obviously being in Fiji was just amazing and my geography isn't the best but I do know Fiji isn't super close to the UK. So what was travelling there like and how long did it take you to get there? Yeah, so it was a really long journey. So the way there was like 35 hours because it was like two 11 oh. hour flights and a big gap in between um, in South Korea. But then on the way back, um, it was two planes again, but we got to South Korea and we had a night in South Korea in a nice hotel. But obviously we all didn't stay in the hotel and went out. So we spent the night there, then got another plane in the morning, hung over for an 11 hour flight. Um, so that plane wasn't that fun. <laughs> the furthest I've ever been is Czech Republic. So I can't, I can't really say anything. <laughs> I mean, I've not really been that far. Like I've been to America when I was eight. And apart from that, I've never been that far in my life. Um, wouldn't even have gone as far as like South Korea. So never mind another 11 hours. I remember my mum's partner was like, looking at it on the map like that's as far as you can go apart from like Antarctica until you come back around um so yeah it was really far. Beth I have a question for you what were you doing in Czech Republic? <laughs> um I went for Easter I went for Easter about four years ago and just went to go and see how they celebrate Easter um yeah a bit of a weird one and so you talked about um, if we head back on the plane now and we go back to Fiji, you were talking about sort of working with children. Can you sort of identify any sort of skills that you got through that that's helped you with the graduate development programme? Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I've never thought about like the connect. I think definitely um, sometimes it's just putting yourself in challenging situations, I think. So I found it more difficult than I thought I would to just find these ways of teaching someone you can't really speak to because there's a language barrier how to do literacy um, and I think just overcoming barriers and challenges is like really good for confidence and then also 
just like communication and things like that I think like the more you build them skills and learn how to communicate with people and so I lived with like a family there their English was quite broken and I couldn't speak um, any of their language so trying to communicate and still build relationships without that I think they're really good skills that I've definitely taken on with me. I remember when I did a German exchange when I was 16 or 17 and I lived with a family who the grandmother didn't speak any English and you sort of you learn that new way of communicating really don't you? You're sort of communicating more physically and you're trying to be more expressive with how you say things. It's a really hard skill isn't it but I feel like you learn so much from it it's like just learning to be like patient and stuff as well. So you're currently on the graduate development programme. What is your role with the scheme and what does that entail? So I'm the talent programmes coordinator, um, which is a team within HR. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm in the organisational development team, which do a lot of like learning development for staff. Um, So my team is the team that runs the graduate programme. But also I'm really interested in data. So I've kind of got involved with like organisational development projects and the analysis on that, um, which has been really exciting because organisational development kind of works around the whole university. So um, it's really cool getting experience with like a big company and doing the data analysis and stuff. Um, But also, I always think it's good to say when we're talking about the GDP that no one really realises like how big NTU is as a company, that it would look great on your CV to have worked at NTU because it is a big company. Um, I know like when I got the job, my friends were like, I was like, oh, I've got a job at NTU. And they were like, oh, so you're going to work in the SU? Like no one realises that there is this huge infrastructure that makes the uni work. Um, You just don't realise it when you're a student. I completely agree with that. Obviously, I'm on my placement year here. And before I actually started my placement, I didn't really think much to it. Like, I remember telling my um, course mates and friends, oh, um, I got a placement at actual Nottingham Trent University. And they're like, mm. oh, that's amazing. Also, what are you going to do? Are you going to be like with the teaching staff? I'm like, no, there's so many different departments that I didn't know of until I actually started the job doing a bit more research into it. Yeah, you just wouldn't know, would you? So what is the GDP? the Graduate Development Programme? So it's a 13-month programme. Um, it's exclusive to NTU undergraduate. So you have to have done your undergraduate degree at NTU. Um, so you can be in your final year or you can apply up to two years after completing your undergraduate degree. It's a salary of 23500 per year. And there's a range of roles. So as we were saying, there's roles in areas like human resources, marketing, finance, digital technologies, sport, law, um, and loads more as well. There's things like employability this year and stuff like that. We're actually trying this year to market it in a way that students can think about the skills they want to develop instead. So are you interested in data? Are you interested in people? Are you interested in project management? Um, Because not all students understand what the different departments are. Um, So it might be worth thinking more about like the skills you want to develop. Um, So it really is about your development. We do like workshops once a month. We do things like insights, discovery and strengths profiles where you can look at like what your strengths and weaknesses are. So the programme this year, they're probably going to have around 30 roles. We only had 20 on my year. but you're starting your role with a community of other NTU graduates who have all gone through the same thing, um, which is really helpful because it means if I ever have a question about marketing, I just message my friends who are in marketing and say like, oh, have you got a contact for this? So you're starting with like a network around the university already. Um, But yeah, it's really focused on your development and making sure that you're ready for that 
next step afterwards if you want to go somewhere else if you want to stay NTU. So what is like the application like because are there assessment centres is it just CV cover letter or is it more to it than that? Yeah so what it was on my year and it's going to be the same this year um, it's a CV and a cover letter I think it could be like a statement instead Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah like CV and cover letter then if you get through to the next round it's an assessment centre and then after the assessment centre you'll find out if you're going through to the interview stage as well so it's kind of a three-stage process Um, it was virtual when I was applying last year but the assessment days will be in person this year which I think is good because you can get like yourself across a bit easier Um, but yeah it is really competitive but what Mm -hmm. I would say about it is it's a lot more personable than a lot of other graduate schemes. Um, we don't, at least for this year, application processes, and we really intend to keep it like this, is that we don't have any like numerical reasoning tests or anything like that. Um, you're not going to have to prove your skills and things. Like We're really recruiting more for like potential and we really recruit for like talent. So it's not about just who's got the most experience. So yeah, it's really competitive and there's a lot of interest in it, but we're not scary. Like it'll be a lot more personable and relaxed than you'd think it would be. How do you personally find them, the assessment centres? Because I dread them, I hate them and I was applying for placement roles. I don't mind them too much because I find them easier than other things. I always think with an assessment day, it's easier to feel like I know I did my best. Whereas something like an interviewer CV, I've always feel like you don't really know if you've like done enough and things like that so yeah I don't mind them um I guess the only thing is you kind of got to be like on the ball the whole time you can't if you're in the group exercise you can't just have a daydream like you need to be ready to contribute and things like that but if you're being a good person you're listening to people and things like that you won't do bad like you're not going to be scored negatively unless you do something horribly wrong um so you kind of do just have to be yourself um and do your best so I don't think they're too bad but I've done a couple of them now, so maybe I'm getting used to them. <laughs> um, so do you have any like top tips for our students while applying for our graduate development programme? Good question. Um, so first of all, when you see all the roles, you can apply for more than one role. You can apply for as many roles as you want. But if you do that, you have to make sure that you adjust your CV to match the job role. So don't just send in like repeat applications to different ones, because if we pick up on that, it doesn't look good that you've just repeated it and not tried to tailor it. So just to keep that in mind, but top tips, um, I think really look at the job role and think about how you've shown that in your life and try and think outside the box. Like I said, we're not expecting people to have five years of work experience. Like it's okay if you've not had a part-time job, like you can think of like what volunteering or what you've done at uni and things like that. So just try and really think about how your skills match the job description. And definitely be yourself and show your personality a bit as well. I think people really like that. Yeah. And if a student is ready to apply and they are getting really worried about the assessment centres, come and visit the employability drop-in and come and ask questions. You've got all this support, so use it. Yeah. So, Anna, you mentioned how, you know, it's important to have work experience. So I had a bit of a look on your LinkedIn account and I noticed that you used to be a gym instructor. Now, we've already talked about the importance of transferable skills, and I can imagine, once again, like Fiji, you gained a lot of work experience and skills you can use in your current role and your future role. But what I really do want to know is, as a gym junkie myself, why do people drink Red Bull when they work out? (laughs) Um, Well, caffeine is one of the only things that's proven to improve your performance in the gym. So I'd assume it's for that. 
Or maybe they're just really tired. I don't know. I do. I'm just trying to think of myself. So I'm running on the treadmill. I want my water or I want my protein shake. But I turn and I see someone drinking Red Bull. Like, how can you possibly have a fizzy drink when you're working out? That <laughs> is what I don't understand. Yeah, I wouldn't drink a fizzy drink while I was working out. But um, yeah, I think it's just trying to get the caffeine because it makes them perform better, I would assume. Yeah. And so, Osma, you, from your research, you were interested in this gym instructor role. Whilst when I was looking, I was actually quite interested in the role at the ice arena, at the ice rink. Oh, so that's actually, so Moat Point Arena, it wasn't anything to do with the ice rink. I was bar staff. I worked a bit like on the concourse, on the bars there, and I worked like upstairs in hospitality a bit as well, where you'd like look after like a private suite and get them their drinks for the night and things like that. Um, Did you get to really see good. any of the gigs and things when you were there? Yeah, so annoyingly there's one bar where you can hear it the only bar where you can see it is bar eight which is actually in the gig you know it's like at the back and you can see the stage and they always said when I started like if there's anything you want to see like feel free to request to be on bar eight so I would always request like if there was a cool band on like madness or something wouldn't get it and then they put me on Ollie Murs two nights in a row not to yuck anyone else's yum but I don't mind him, but I'm He's really not bothered that. about him. No, I'm more of, I was, I mean, I'm 26 now, so I was a Busted fan. Yes, I, I grew up with Busted and Muckfly. I've and seen them all. Have you? Yeah, I've seen Busted yes. three times. I've seen Muckfly once and I've seen Muck Busted as well. So, yeah. How was Muck Busted? I can't even say it, Muck Busted. It was, was really that? good because we were so excited because we never thought Busted would come back. So it was really good, yeah, in Hyde Park. My mum would just take us, me and my sister, to anything Busted McFly related. Cause, well, not McFly because that's impossible to get tickets. But um, yeah, anything Busted related. It was just such like a big part of our childhoods that my mum would just jump at any chance. If they were back on, we'd be like, we'll have to go. <laughs> like when Busted did their reunion, we were like 21. And mum was like, well, we're just going to have to go, aren't we? <laughs> I have to admit, I have no idea who Busted is. Oh, this was Usman's okay. last episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of songs do they sing? Like, what's their genre? Oh, pop. What I go like, to school for, just, yeah. um, year 3000s, some of the best oh, music. Oh, God. Seth, are we old? Well, I'm the same age as you, so I don't feel like I'm that old. But I guess well, when I are... hit 26, I was worried that I was creeping a bit too old. Although I've, I've been told that 27 is the peak, so I'm quite excited. I've got a month left until I'm 27. Well, I keep hearing people say, like, your 30s are your best years. My 40s were my best years, so I'm not worried, but it's just having to pick the new criteria when you're applying to jobs and stuff like 26 to 30. I'm like, oh. <laughs> but you did say yourself during that um, icebreaker challenge, you said that old is 80, so you can't be that old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's true. Yeah, You've got 54 <laughs> years until you reach that point. Um, so I think we've covered a lot of important stuff here on today's podcast. But quickly, if we just go back to the GDP... Mm-hmm. When are applications opening? So applications open on the 25th of April um, and they're open until the 26th of June. So you've got a couple of months to get applications done. The programme begins on the 30th of August for this year. And as I said, it's for 13 months and it's a 23,500 um, salary per year. So as we said as well, if anyone's got any questions or anything, um about applications definitely speak to employability and look at the resources on future hub and so we've learned so much from you today Anna. so um we've learned about why people drink red bull at the gym um we've learned that bar eight is the best place to hear music but most importantly <laughs> we've learned about the gdp the graduate development program which applications are open so sadly 
that is all we've got time for today. Anna, it's been great to chat with you. It's been a pleasure. And it's just been really interesting to find out more about the GVP. We've also put a link to the webpage in the description of this episode below. And just thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.